Welcome to Bite Size Therapy Podcast with Dr. Brian Rosino. My name is Pete, and today Dr. Brian Rosino is going to share some of his thoughts and some of his recent short videos that he's put out on the interweb. Dr. Rosino, how are you doing today, my friend? What do you have in store for us today? Mr. Peter Jansen. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. You've been breaking... You've been breaking the internet lately. What do you What do you got out there, and why do you have it out there? We're doing some damage. Is what we're doing on the internet. Damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing some damage. <laughs> so why can't if I'm a parent? Why can't I take my guitar and smash it against my kid's TV screen if he's not cleaning his room? What's wrong with that? Pete is referring to a TikTok video. You saw that video. What was your initial reaction to that, Pete? Let's go to that video. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, well, we can go to whatever one you want to, my friend. Okay. All right. Well, all right. So, um, yeah, the uh, the format of the show today is a little bit different. Yeah. So we're going to look at the video, and we're going to talk a little bit about what the hell was I thinking? Yeah. So, yeah, so the goal is, you know, on TikTok, make these videos that maybe relate are relatable to the kids, relatable to the parents. In the first yeah. video, let's just play it. Talk a little yeah, bit about Yeah, 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 go. Hey, how's school going? It's all right. I'm in math class. My teacher is like, she seems like she's always angry, like yelling a lot. Yeah, I mean, you say that a lot. I don't even know if she likes us. Sounds to me like you'd need a better attitude. Maybe if you walked in there a little more optimistically, she'd respond better. Anyway, uh, how's sports? It's okay. You know, I've been thinking about it. Some of the things you've been eating around here haven't been too good for you. We gotta straighten that out. You drinking enough water? I never see you with water in your hands. Good talk. This was good. See you later. Hey, babe. So obviously, you know, when we talk to our kids. There could be a lot of different reasons why we engage our kids, right? Like we want something from them. Uh, we want to do something. Uh, and we need their help. We got a problem with something they're doing. Yeah. We want them to change that. I mean, you know, that usually a lot of times when, when we talk to our kids, we want something from them, you know? And um, we're not necessarily there. Like, and but what we do is we start off. Instead of just saying, hey, I want something from you, we ask them, hey, we do all the things that adults do with each other. We play these games, you know, where we say, hey, how are you? And then we sit and we pretend to listen, you know. Yeah. We don't really care how they are, but, you know, we just want them to, you know, we want their attention. We want them to engage in the conversation. So, but our kids might, you know, if they take us seriously, somewhere early on in those interactions, our kids will at some point they will have taken us serious. They early on, they wouldn't have known that like, that wasn't a real question. It was actually just a question to get to what they wanted to talk about. And so <clears throat> kids answer and they find out, they learn, oh, well, my parent, anytime my parent wants to talk to me, it's probably not good, right? <laughs> like, oh, dad wants to talk to you. Oh. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not to come downstairs and, uh, you know, for me to come downstairs and them to tell me what a nice job I did on the lawn, you know, or how uh, they, they were proud of the fact that I got to school on time that day. It's because they there's something I screwed up. With, right. 
And so um, this video is partly partly that. Um, it's also, you know, when our kids share something with us, we do a lot of interpreting of what they're sharing and, and what is meaningful and what isn't meaningful, instead of actually just listening and trying to understand from their perspective what's meaningful to them. You know, like, what, what was important about the, what they shared to them? So like this father in this video sees that as a lesson, a lesson to talk, or, or an opportunity to talk to his kid about the kid's attitude problem, you know, that, that the dad probably feels like he has, right? Yeah. So now's a great opportunity to, you know, educate him on that. You know, it's a, a sort of a little bit of an I told, I told you so moment turns into that. And the kid doesn't feel like the kid feels totally invalidated. You know, he feels like, you know, my, my dad didn't even like take the time to even listen to what it was that was bothering me about my teacher and, and assumed that it was my problem, not hers. You know, so so it was, it was like a par parenting check the box. Oh, there's my kid. I got to talk to him today. Check. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. I, all right. Yeah. And then now, 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 Dr. Brian, this isn't a bunch of hating parents vi videos. It's just an awareness of, hey, this is, this could be going out there for some people and perceptions are reality on either side. I'm I'm amazed that the kid talked that much because normally they don't even look you in the eye and they just look down and say nothing. It's okay, fine. Yes, no. Objective yeah. answers. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of reasons for that too. Obviously, um, you know, it's not just that they don't want to talk to you. I mean, or that they they don't like you, or that they have an attitude problem. Could be all kinds of reasons. I mean, teenagers are just figuring out, you know, how to talk about things. Uh, you know, they're, they're not used to talking to adults openly about stuff. They have a lot of different um, thoughts and concerns that they're trying to verbalize. You know, they don't know how to yet. They don't necessarily know how they're feeling at any given moment. They don't have the type of awareness or insight that we have. And so, you know, sometimes our questions are just kind of overwhelming, you know, like what's going on with you, you know, and it's sort of just like, uh, huh, lots of things are going on with me. Where should I start? They don't know where to begin, you know, it's just sort of like much less, uh, I don't know that I would trust you with any one of them. Those are important things to consider. But your question about hating on parents. Um, I'm a parent. And, you know, no, of course not. Not hating on parents in the least. What I always find interesting is, you know, some of these videos get, they, they get people riled up. They get them really upset and angry. And I'm a little confused by it because, like, if you're not doing the things that I'm saying in the video, like, what is your problem with the video? I don't understand. Do you, right? do you get parents saying that to you? What's the that? Comments? Do, do the parents make those comments saying like, you know. Oh, parents can't do anything right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess parents, there's no winning for the parents. You know, it's kind of one of the things. Yeah. Or you try talking to your kid when your kid does da 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 whatever. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like, well, look, um, we can talk about the problems that you're having with your kid, but this video is about a specific thing that parents tend to do. And it's like, do you recognize yourself in this? This is like something that you might see yourself doing. And like, maybe you could like, once you recognize it, you can avoid doing it. Right. And it's, it's also something where, you know, parents that like, Parents that don't do this and they're aware of like communicating well with their kids, they look at a video like this and they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, 
They, I mean, like they don't have a problem with it at all, you know? So I think that parents are generally anxious about their own parenting style and insecure about it. And they don't like feeling like somebody else is picking on them or, you know, calling them out. But the fact of the matter is this video isn't calling anybody. It's just calling out a type of interacting, you know, with kids. It's not saying parents are bad and it's not speaking in general terms. It's talking about something. It's talking about a common pitfall that happens in parenting. Right. So how would you do it differently then? It's almost like you need, let's just say it's a 20 second short, add another 20 seconds for how it should have went down before, after. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Absolutely. Which I have done. Which I have done. Yeah. Um, people will have problems with that too, though. Um, so it's 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 sort of like some of the feedback that you I can get is helpful. Certainly, you know, I've gotten the feedback. Can you show us how like a, a more constructive way to go might be? And that's a legitimate question. You know, yeah. uh, it's it's one thing to point out and say this is the problem. That's an easy thing to do. But then to say what the solution is that's actually practical, realistic. That's that's a very different thing. And people, the part that people really struggle with. Um, people will invariably though, uh, there will be, if the, if the audience is large enough, there will be a percentage of people that will have a problem with that too, because they'll find a reason why what you did won't work with their kid. Right. And so it's not a, it's not something where there's a one size fits all. It's more of a, you know, uh, something where you look at it and you have to try to appreciate the spirit of what it is that I'm trying to say to do versus how the, like do this exact thing. I had parents. So with this video, let's watch the video on the um, okay. guitar video. So when you get up playing your game, clean your room. I post this video as an example of good parenting. I, I can't, I don't even have words, man. I mean, did you see that kid jump? You see how frightened that kid is? Is that really how you want to parent? I, I can't tell you how furious this makes me. It's just, no, no. <laughs> so I was, yeah, I was not. What's happy. wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that I could see. I mean, I think it, I, that's, uh, I think that's what's on the Mayo Clinic's uh, recommendations for parenting. Yeah. Right? yeah. So um, the, the, this video has a certain life of its own. So this was a video snippet that was on another guy's website. Not the guy who was doing the guitar thing. It was another guy who then afterwards, sort of like I just did in this video, um, did, uh, it's called a stitch. And he can't, comes in afterwards and says, this is a great way to parent. Nothing wrong with this. And like, you know, I, I, I approve of this. That kid will never uh, do whatever they did, you know, did again. And I was just like appalled. I was totally appalled by that. And obviously, uh, did not agree. And what was even more uh, fascinating to me is the number of people that got on to the comments and said things like, oh, well, how many times, I'm going to guess your kids slap you, you know? <laughs> how many times have your kids slapped you before? Because you sound like you're weak, you know? And this is what's wrong with this country. You know, you're actively making the next generation weak. You know, and and my uh, from where I sit, it's hard for me to take those comments even close to serious. You know, because right. the people 
because the people that are writing them, I don't believe they would do that, you know, or, or would they? Maybe they would. But I, I think that a lot of people wouldn't actually do that sort of thing. I think what seemed to offend people was that I was coming in and I was judging apparently for yeah, you know, yeah. judging it negatively. And, uh, and I was, I was mad about it. Um, but what I thought was really interesting too, is that there were a lot of people in there that said uh, things like when your child tries, you know, when you have to try, tell your child for the 20th time, what do you, and they say, no, what are you going to do that? You know, as if the only thing to do is smash the guitar into, into the TV, you know, it's like, how do we suddenly go from asking them 20 times to going ballistic? Right. You can say something. Yeah. Is that consequences? I mean, there has to. Yeah. So broken TV, take away the TV. Take away the TV. I mean, like take away the TV or take away other privileges or, you know, or one of the questions that I come up to with people is, you know, like, how did you get to where you are at this moment in time? In your relationship right like when somebody says my kid's out of control there's nothing i can do <clears throat> there's a lot of things to evaluate you know like what's going on with them neuropsychologically or you know is there something else chemically that, that might be happening or abuse or neglect, whatever that sort of thing but it's also like your kid's out of control now what have you been doing what's the learning history what has been going on all the way up to this point that's cumulatively led to them now being quote unquote out of control, right? If you take it out of context, it's much more difficult to have anything intelligent to say about it, you know? Mm -hmm. But if, you, if you're some one of these parents who just constantly, constantly nags, never follows through on consequences, then yeah, your kid's gonna re realize that you don't mean what you say and they're not gonna do what you, what you uh, want them to do, right? Well, a lot of this stuff, I mean, that's staged. Oh, they're, they're, they just happen to be filming right then and there. And so it, yes. it's the internet. It's the internet. It's the internet. So, yes. But what's interesting is that, and it may be staged, um, but what's interesting is that people get so emotionally invested in it, you know, and they do. There are people that condone that. They think, you know what? That guy actually, I my hat's off to that guy. You know, I don't blame him one bit. And it's like, well, it gets off track because then politics comes into play. Whether you're the right or the left, you're too hard, you're too soft. This and that. Because people on the right beat their kids, right? <laughs> and it, and it's look. You, first of all, you got the degrees. I don't. Kids don't really listen to what they say. They watch what you do. Right. So if, if the, the room needs to be clean, everybody has a role to play in the household and everybody understands that. And if you explain it and they don't do it, there's gotta be consequences. And if you're not consistent with the consequences, everybody in life is going to test you, whether it's your kids, your employees, whatever, how, how far will you let things go? So, absolutely, and I talk to I talk to parents a lot of times. It's the model that I use, I talk to parents about. You know, I say, "What's the best?" You know, think about <clears throat> for a moment a boss that you had that you liked. You know, let's think about what you liked about that boss, 
right? And then let's think about a boss that you didn't. Now, the boss that people like, that's the one that we usually want to come closer to in terms of parenting style. You're not going to go into your employee's <coughs> office with a guitar and smash their computer to pieces if their, you know, report wasn't done on time, you know? Like, that doesn't play out anywhere else in life, right? I, I, Doc, I think what it is is people want consistency. It's like, uh, even if you don't say something, you, you are saying something like you're a manager of an office and you say, we're all going to come in on time. And then you have an employee that doesn't come in on time and you don't say anything, even because you didn't say anything, you're approving it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and kids are watching that same stuff too. So it's, if, if you, if you want a clean room and it's not clean the first time, then be consistent that first time when it's not done, don't wait 20 times. Right. Because after 20 times, hey, I, I guess the room doesn't need to be cleaned. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, be clear about what it is that you're expecting and when you expect it to be done by. Right. And if it's not done by that time in the way that you're asking them to do it, <coughs> this is what is going to happen and, and let them know what they can expect to happen. Yeah. It's also a collaborative thing. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, you can you can talk to your kids about what what's in the, getting in the way of them doing it or you know what what is a realistic idea of a clean room you know i don't know you know i don't know (laughs) yes they will probably say i don't know but as soon as you start to offer ideas they may have something to say about those ideas right and the fact that you're acting you're you're engaging them in that conversation that's like an important gesture to the kid now the kid may not get it the first few times but they will start to come to these conversations with ideas of their own because they actually now are starting to re- reflect on on this stuff and you're actually building a really important skill for them right which is how to how to collaborate with someone how do you collaborate with someone how do you communicate on you know joint goals you know <coughs> how do you figure out ways to solve problems together how do you how do you get past that i don't know part to from what i remember about being a dad is if you if you ask them right then and there, you're not going to get anything. But for some reason, if you go on a car ride, <laughs> I don't know what it is about the car ride, but kids will talk when you're in a car. I don't know why that is, but they'll open up. Hey, remember, you know, why don't you clean your room? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. The I don't know answer is one that can be given for, for a number of reasons. So, you know, it goes back a little bit to the, the I don't know question is one that, you know, a lot of times parents sort of have the suspicion that they actually do know. And they have these actually really clear and elaborate sets of reasons, but they're just not going to tell you, you know, they're going to withhold it from you. That's, and that's actually really not true. Unless it's something, I mean, there are, there are exceptions to that, but typically it's not true. It's typically one you ask them a question that they didn't understand. That might be one thing because you're using adult language. You framed it in a way that's just like they, they can't, they don't understand what you're really asking them, right? But they, they sense that you're really pissed about it. <laughs> and so they kind of feel like maybe they shouldn't say anything, you know, or you're asking them a question that they don't, it's like too big of a question. Like, mm-hmm. like why did you do that? We love to ask, why did you do that? Well, like that question may not even have an answer, you know, and, and the kids are like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I did that. 
first of all, if they do know why they did that, they know that whatever it is that they're going to say is not going to be good enough, that they're in trouble. You know, I remember one time I said to a coach, it was after I was playing football after the play, I did something. And the coach asked me, grabbed me, why did you do that? He said, you're lucky you got away with that. And I said, and I, my, my smart ass answer was, yeah, well, I knew I would be able to get away with it. That's why I did it. <laughs> and his answer yes. was, and his answer was, that's a stupid reason. Go run to the fence. Right. So he asked me a question that he didn't really want an answer to. Right. And so like, first you gotta, you gotta like, you know, if you're going to ask a kid a question, you gotta really want an answer meaning like any answer that they're going to give you and you don't, it's not an answer that you, like you can't use it against them. Okay. Cause then they're going to learn that like, Hey, if I answer this person, they're just going to take whatever it is I say and they're going to twist it against me. So I'm just not going to say anything. Right. <laughs> Lawyer up. Well, yeah, totally. I mean, it makes sense. Right. You know, and, and then also, you know, it's also the overwhelming part is that, when we sometimes when we talk to them, if they're not used to being spoken to, right, or engaged in conversation, it's going to be really weird. They're going to wonder what are what are they up to, right? Like why are they suddenly interested in me? Like what is it they want from me, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to engage your kids, you have to do it like all the time. Like this has to be a pattern for you. You have to like legitimately talk to them and engage them and take an interest and like when. When like they do tell you about your their day, like you can't be bored by it. You can't be like taking phone calls. You can't be on your phone or you can't like interrupt them because you, you know, have to go do something. Like you have to like listen to what they're actually saying and like communicate to them that it's like a value to you, right? Just because it's their experience. If that doesn't happen, they're gonna they're gonna realize that shit talking to you actually doesn't make any sense. You know, in the business world, you have employees, you schedule meetings, one-on-ones, once a week, every other week, you know, it's, it's always there. It's, you always show up for it. Do you need to schedule something like that for your kids? In addition to always being there for them to come to you, but they know that, Hey, Tuesday, 7 PM, we're going to get together and talk about whatever, you know, the week. Here are my expectations for the coming week. I'd like the room clean. I'd like, does that, does that happen with parents? I put, my kid, I put my kid on a PIP once, a performance improvement plan. Did you? Yeah. How'd that go? How'd it go? Uh, it, it worked well because uh, he, he got some questionable grades and we're about to go to the uh, Super Bowl. The Bears were playing and I'm like, uh, I said, dude, you got to get good grades and we're not going. And he didn't get good grades. I'm like, well, here. <laughs> so I wrote it out. I said, okay, here's what's going to happen. Or you're never going to get this. You're never going to get that. Did you go to the game or no? You had to miss yeah, we, yeah, Yeah, we went. We went and uh, we came back and the grades improved. So it was, a, it was a, a positive thing. But I was always wondering why should parents be a little bit more formal in their communications just to make sure it gets done or that's not practical? Well, some parents do need to, because it's just like, they don't, it's just how they communicate. They, they, they don't communicate clearly enough 
as it is. And so they really need to concentrate on doing that. And so for some parents that does work well. Other parents are very clear and um, throughout the day, like the, and, and the kids can like take that in and hold on to it and that sort of thing. I think posting chores or posting yeah. calendars and stuff like that, that's always really useful for everybody, like not just the kids, but like the parents too, because it's easy to lose track of where you're at. But in terms of like the, 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 the rhythms of the family in the day, like what it, you can do, you can, you can do appointments and stuff like that. But I also try to recommend finding joint activities that you guys like doing together and just doing those activities. Right. And, and if things, things will come up, I mean, that's, that are going on in the kids' lives, you know, they will, if they trust you, if they're having positive experiences with you, they will start to just inevitably share about something that happened that day. And a lot of good communication and connection can happen during those, those times. And these are times that are like, you know, they just might be after dinner, before, before bed, you know, the bedtime routine, you know, everybody is sort of like, you know, down in the den or everybody's hanging out on the main floor. You know, you might, it could be a game, it could be a TV show, it could be some other mm -hmm. activity, but like having that in the rhythm of the family you know, where you can find pockets of time where you sit down next to each other and just kind of hang out is really, really important because you never know what's going to come up. Is that why you therapists always have games? Like, look behind you, man. You got all... When kids mm -hmm. are, are occupied about something else, does that free up a part of their brain to actually let something slip and communicate it to you? <laughs> Does, it does it does somewhat so so what one of the things that it does is it it makes it less direct and less intense so you and i will talk you know if i'm sitting here talking to you and, and directly it's that's a very intense uh interaction for for somebody a younger person you know and and uh, some some kids can do that very well um for for different reasons but other kids really have trouble with that it's just too much of a deer in the headlights feeling for them and so um, you can learn a lot from somebody when you play a game with them through lots of, of small behaviors that accrue throughout the game, you know, and it's, you can develop rapport and trust that way. Um, it's, it is also something that allows you a, a space of time to actually just kind of sit with each other and allow things to come up, right? It's much more relaxed. And when kids are relaxed and, you know, people are relaxed then ideas flow much more freely. And you can just kind of ask, you know, you can make comments about things that are in the ballpark of, you know, things that they might want to talk about or that they're interested in. It could be scores and could be scores in sports. It could be something that's happening with, you know, public, you know, uh, popular, uh, what is it? Popular pop art. culture, pop culture. Yeah, you could, I mean, any of those things can be worked in. And, you know, you don't have to, it does not have to be something where you have to have a lesson at the end of every interaction <laughs> or a moral to the story, right? It can just be whatever it is, you, you know, and so partly it's about letting up that control, giving up that control to just let, let things emerge organic, right? But a lot of big parents, it's funny, a lot of parents, um, they have trouble doing that themselves, I think, because... Um, I don't think it's just because there's a, there's a, like, they don't know how to relate to kids, th although that might be there. 
it's also that they just don't know how to hang out and relax. Like they just don't know how to do that. Like they may not have had much of that, right? In their lives, they may not have had parents that did that with them, right? Yeah. Previous generations probably didn't have a ton of that, you know? Um, and so they don't really know how to do it very well. They're not, it's not their, it's not in their wheelhouse. It's not their comfort zone. So, you know, that's something that parents have to be given a lot of permission on and they have to give, be given a lot of encouragement on, you know? Well, parents, it's even spouses, like whoever's coming home from work, you just have to know that first hour they got to decompress or, or even worse, they never decompress because they're always on the clock. Even they take their work home with them and they're on call 24 hours a day. You, you know, it's, uh, I think now more than ever, that schedule needs to be in there where it's like, hey, man, this 30 minutes or this hour is all me and you, no matter what. And, you know, to get it in, kids like structure. I don't know if I go back in time, maybe I would do it because a lot of what I do, you know, do as I say, not as I do. I'm a perfect parent, uh, Dr. Brian. Yeah, it's part of your it's easy to be a perfect parent, uh, yeah, theoretically. Right. On a podcast. Uh, on a pack podcast. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> You know, the uh, the thing that you said, though, I mean, there's a lot that has to do with boundaries, you know, setting up boundaries that are that like what you're talking about, which is like when we're home, like like there are certain boundaries that people just don't get through when we're here. Right. Like the old we don't take phone calls during dinner time, Right. Yeah. That's, you know, or, you know, when somebody comes to the door, I'm sorry, we're having dinner. right now. You know, we can't we can't talk. And there's no sort of like. Unless it's the police and it's an emergency, <laughs> right? So, right. But if it's somebody, it's if it's somebody else, even a neighbor, you can, you're having dinner now. We have to be quick or whatever. So there's there are boundaries that you put up that are going to be really important to like protect your time with your family, and that goes with the electronics too. Like you want to build boundaries around checking your email, turning your notifications off. Not being, you know, not responding, not being these conversations that are going to carry over, you know, or telling people at work, look, I'm going to be out of pocket for a couple of hours here. All right. I'll get back to you at, at whatever time, if you want to go back into it after mm -hmm. the kids in bed or whatever. But those are structures that you have to be just more intentional about building to protect that time. Now, what were the other videos that you had? You had a couple more, didn't you, Doc? Parents, when your only form of discipline is punishment, taking away things, and being critical and disrespectful, you end up with a child that has nothing left to lose. Believe me, that's not what you want in your child. A lot of our parenting is reactive, right? A lot of times when we parent, well, all we're doing is reacting to what's been given to us, right? So like, oh, Tommy and Joe are fighting. Keep it quiet. I'll give you something to shout about, right? We react to whatever it is that's going on, okay? You didn't take the trash out. We're reacting to that, okay? Part of that reaction is also uh, when we think of discipline or when we think about, you know, parenting, we think about consequences. It's about taking away things. It's about punishments, about that sort of thing. When actually that's a small part of the equation in reality. Reality is, is there's a whole much, so much more that goes into paying attention to things that they're doing that are like even in the ballpark of what you want them to do, right? And noticing those things, like noticing those things and making kind of a big deal out of that, right? 
Like, dude, you brought your backpack upstairs today, man. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that, right? Good job. And if they forget the next day, you can always just say to them, dude, you did a good job yesterday. Remember, we can do it again today, right? So you encourage them, but you're always, the, the principle in, in, in psychology and behavioral science is called shaping. You're trying to shape their behavior closer and closer to something that's kind of approximate to what you know you want or what what's what's going to be more what's going to be more functional for them in their lives you know what's going to like serve them better right taking away things <clears throat> is part of it but what happens is people one the kid may not the kid may say they don't care now that's different than if they really do or don't care but a lot of times kids will say they don't care because they're just trying to like you know deflate the parent they're trying to manipulate the parent i don't care and then, you know, they want the parent to be demoralized. It's a little bit of a, it's like a battle, you know, they have their propaganda. You have your propaganda. I don't care. I don't want you dead anyway. I can stay up here all day, you know, all of these things. And then it's sort leverage. of like leverage. Yeah. What are you going to do now? You know, I took the door off the hinges. Okay. Now what are you going <laughs> find a way around that? They're going to find a way around that. So what do you get now that now that all the stuff that they were doing in their room, now they're just doing it in the garage. Or now they're just doing it in the backyard, right? So you're not really getting at the heart of the problem. What you're doing is you're, you're escalating, right? You're escalating it to like, instead of DEFCON 4 or whatever, you're going down to 3 and 2 and, you know? So after that, you've only, you, you've only gotten so much that you can do. And everybody's so mad and resentful that like your ability to come back to the table and talk about things is really diminished because the goodwill in the house is... is like it's it's really in tatters, okay? So the kid that doesn't have anything to lose, anything else to lose, then can just like really, I've seen kids like do some terrible stuff, you know? They can just really go crazy. You run away, uh, they, they key the parent's car, you know, they, they uh, destroy a valuable item in the house, you know, all of these things to, because there's just, that's, that's there's no, it's a zero sum game. There's no, there's, there's no winners in that game. But if you start way before that, like really paying attention to stuff that they're doing, like the, the example that I give is one that um, this guy, Thomas Phelan gives. He, he, did, he did a book, um, One, Two, Three Magic. And he talks about, um, he talks about paying attention to catching them when they're good. You know, it's, that's, I mean, that's people, a lot of people know about this, but they don't really, it's hard to practice because example that's given is if you're watching like your favorite TV show and your kids are in the other room and they start fighting, what's the chance that you're going to say something to them to get them to quiet down, right? You know, it's getting louder and louder. Pretty good, right? But if you're, if you're sitting there watching your favorite TV show and your kids are in the other room and they are playing cooperatively, they're having a nice time, what are the chances that you're going to get up, go over in there and say, hey, guys, Really nice job playing together. Really nice job cooperating with each other. That's great. And then going back to your, your TV show. Way less, like almost, like almost nobody thinks to do that, right? But that's what we have to do. Because they're, they're, they're in the day, they're doing most of what we want. But we pay attention. We, we let them know that we're paying attention to that a very small part of the time, right? 
And the more, but the more we can notice that, the more we can pay attention to that, the, the more they're going to start doing that, right? Because they don't know what we want from them until we start telling them, you know, when they do it, it's not until then that they get a clearer idea. Does that make sense? Yeah. So do you think uh, a written note helps something in writing? Well, it can, but I would go to the route of talking to your kid about that. I would say, hey, look, do you think that like a note would help? Like what would help you? Do you, is there something like you think would help you to remember this? Like, do you want to write it down? Do you want me to write it down? Like, right. So you want to engage them. The, the problem with just writing a note, not that it's look, it could work really fine with some kids. Like for some kids, it could go great, but some oh, kids I, might. What I was yeah. saying was writing a note of praise instead of saying something nice, oh. writing something, you know, a thank you note to your kid. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, See, I'm so used to people asking about the corrections. Yeah, writing a note. <laughs> writing a note, especially, you know, like, especially if it's something that they've been working on for a while and, and then they finally kind of like turn a corner in terms of, you know, you're seeing behaviors you haven't really seen before or you're seeing them with a consistency that you haven't seen them before. Definitely like a card some, or, a, or even just a note you know, can go a long way. And you want to leave it in a place that's like, you know, like you put it, if you, if it's okay with them and you have this relationship, you put it in their room, put it on their pillow, you know, you put it somewhere where just they find it. You don't have to put it on the kitchen table where everybody can come and find it. You know, you just want to make it, you make it, you make it something that they can tell people about, or they don't have to tell people about it. It's up to them. Now that you have one last video that uh, you, you put up there, Doc. Hey, where do we keep the soap for the dishwasher? What? You know, you know that if you actually lifted a finger to help out around here once in a while. Okay. It's under the sink. That's not too much trouble for you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, that's a parent that turned a victory into a defeat. Snatched defeat from the jaws of victory there. Right. So the kids doing what you want them to do. Right. They're already like wanting to clean. They're already pitching it. They're already pitching in. Yeah. And you're going to start to criticize the way they go about it. Right. Or you're going to find opportunities to teach them a lesson. Right. And it becomes a negative experience, one that the team does not want to repeat, you know, and but it happens a lot and it happens in very subtle ways. That was a pretty obvious way. I mean, like my videos are like, I'm, I try to make it as obvious as possible. Right. You know? um, and, but people do still behave in that obvious way. But a lot of times it's more subtle than that. They're just like little things that we do that actually are just end up being critical. You know, um, my wife and I, you know, I, uh, I have to, I have to let her know. I've had to let her know at times, look, if you want me to do something, I am more than happy to do it. But if you come in and redo it after I've done it, because it wasn't done the way that you do it, I'm just going to wait for you to do it. I'm not going to like, it's like, so it's, I feel it's insulting. You know, it's sort of like, I just worked on that. You know, you're going to go in and rearrange the whole dishwasher because you didn't like the way that dishes, the yeah. dishes. Yeah. It's always the dishes. Always the dishes. Always. So, 
you know, when some, when when your kid comes and says, where's the dish soap? Or where's this? Where's that? Oh, dude, thank you so much. So you're going to take care of that. That's a huge help, man. Yeah. And then you tell them where, wherever it is. Or even you, you go with them to just show them, you know. But you make it a positive experience for them. You know, you make it a plus. The fact that they don't know or that you told them a hundred times does not matter. You know. Well, plus, it's a uh, it's a chore that's been spelled out, so the kid knows what he has to do. It's written down. It's not because he's sitting on his ass not doing anything. He finished everything. So maybe write the stuff down. Yeah, write it down. Yeah. Um, don't expect also that they're going to know how to do it right the first time that, you know, that some of these things they're, they're like, haven't done very often. And so there's going to be a learning curve and that's just part of it. And it doesn't like kids don't, you know, they're not born knowing how to do chore, how, how, knowing how to clean the bathroom, you know, or how to, you know, how to do laundry. Um, th those are things that they're going to, they're going to mess up or they're going to have ideas about that are like not realistic. And your job is to, you know, just bring them along, bring them along in a way that is actually encouraging, right? Like you would, if you had an employee, you know, you're not going to insult your employee or. Right. Right. You know, you're going to have a lot of turnover. If that's what happens. Or the morality. Yeah, they're going to quit. Yeah. They're going to quit or yeah. up the gate, up their game of consequences that the kid will give consequences to the parent uh -huh. key, key the car run away right they got to keep yeah. upping the game well you know what usually happens is the kid then starts to pick apart what the, what the parent does so what they do is they just they, they reciprocate with criticisms they find ways to criticize what the parent does either in the way that they carry out why'd you do it that way dad that's not very smart no you don't it, nobody does that right they find lots of ways to criticize or then they go after the way that they parent. They find a way to even the score. And that it it's not, that's not, that's not something you want to model. And that's not, that's not a way that you want them to, you don't want to, them to internalize handling feedback them, right? So that if they get criticism or they get somebody that corrects them on something, you want them to be able to say, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. That actually was really helpful. It leads me in the right direction, right? So you're going to give them you're going to give them, you can give them criticism. You can tell them that they need to do it differently next time and give them the reasoning why, like, you know, when you clean the toilet, you got to clean, you know, underneath the rim and this and that. And that's why, and, you know, it's understandable. You didn't do it. It's not obvious. So next time we'll get it. All right, buddy, you know, high five or fist bump. Let's go get some tacos or whatever, <laughs> whatever we want to do. <laughs> Doc, yeah. we're, we're, we're getting towards the end of the show. Uh, this is going to be a clickbait question. Doc, what are your thoughts on spankings? When did they start? When did they stop? Does it work? Why doesn't it work if it doesn't? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'll hang up and listen for my answer. <laughs> first time, first time, call, call <laughs> Yeah. So spanking uh, is also talked about as corporal punishment and spanking is one of those things that it's gotten um you know people still spank uh i think that uh people turn to uh hitting uh or, or it could be spanking it could be a slap it could be the wooden spoon it could be you know soap in the mouth it could be you know, any number of these these strategies that are they're inflicting some physical pain or discomfort as a way to 
as a consequence. And the, 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 the short answer is the, the literature is really clear that it doesn't work very well. Like it, it works in the short term. It'll get people to stop doing what they're doing in the short term, but in the long term, it does not. Like they return to those behaviors. And a lot of times they return to them like tenfold, right? Like they get worse and the relationship with the parents deteriorates. Um, because, you know, the parent, there's, there's some real issues there when, when, you know, the person you're supposed to trust and confide in and turn to for your own welfare smacks you, right? That's like, for a child, they're just like, they don't, that's, that doesn't make any sense to them. And it's like, it just, it's very confusing for them, right? So there's cultural issues around this, like, you know, spanking and corporal, like I put uh, videos up on spanking and corporal punishment. You know, people say, well, that's because you're white, you know, you're a white guy and white, you know, you have no idea what it's like in, you know, black families or in Latino families or, you know, that, you know, the kind of, and and it's a, it's a, it's an opportunity to sort of like make fun of me, but, but like, and, and, and it's true that, that, that actually there are cultural factors involved that like corporal punishment and, and the like is something that tends to be, uh, handed down more in African-American families and Latino families. However, there's a huge number of African-American families that have taken a really clear stand on being against this. And academic scholars, uh, African-American scholars that say, look, man, this is like holdover from slavery time crap that you're pulling here. You know, you're like whipping your kid. Like, what the hell are you doing? What kind of generational trauma are you like perpetuating here? Right. And so, when I, that's to me, when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it, that makes sense to me, you know. Doc, if a kid gets spanked, are they more prone to inflict punishment on somebody else, you know, getting fights or somebody doesn't do what they like and they smack them? So I'm going to, I'm going to speak generally, generally, yeah, generally, generally the answer is yes. Okay. Um, generally, the answer is that you, what you're doing is you're modeling an aggressive way of dealing with conflict. You have a disagreement or you're upset about something. So what you do is you haul off and you hit the person that you're upset with, right? And that's how you resolve the conflict. And, and it's about power. It's a power thing. Like I have the power, you don't. And I'm going to show you that I have the power because I'm going to hurt you and you're not going to be able to do a damn thing about it, right? And so the child internalizes that and they that, that's a model that that like they they get for how to deal with things they also like there's also other things that you know other uh research that demonstrates that kids who are regularly spanked or corporal punishments used they're just more like dysregulated emotionally like they're just more on edge they're more like anxious they tend to be uh more reactive on the whole. Now there's some dispute about whether kids that are more dysregulated ADHD or have behavioral problems attract that kind of corporal punishment. So there's a little bit of a chicken and egg thing, which one causes the other. But the truth of the matter is, is that we've been able to separate that out and show that actually people that do spanking and corporal punishment, it actually has its own independent contribution to disruptive dysregulated behaviors. That's, you know, different than what the kid walked in there with. Got it. Well, Dr. Rosino, I like uh, what we did here. I think we're going to do this going forward. Take a look at your videos from the past week and uh, get into a few tangents. Talk about why you did it. What could you have done differently? Leave it the same. I think this is pretty cool.
Yeah, yeah. Let's let's run with it, and um, you know we can uh, we can we'll find a way to weave in people, and you know while we don't have an audience necessarily live streaming uh, questions and stuff like that, we can we can do this content and you know follow it from there. Well, for those that are watching and listening, we get to fifty subscribers. That means we can live stream. So hit that subscribe and like button now. Oh yeah. Eh. Thanks for watching and listening. Bite Size Therapy with Dr. Brian Rosino. See you Good next night. week.